Welcome back to Death Watch's Call of Cthulhu Campaign Descent into Darkness Season 2, Episode 29. What's the in-game time, Justin? You were keeping track. The in-game time? June 19th? 19th, yeah, yes. In the evening. Yes. My name is Travis. I'll be your keeper today. So let's get an introduction from our investigators. Hi, I'm Chris. I'm currently playing or inhabiting the body of Finn McCracken. <laughs> and I think I'm about to shoot some things. You should have just been silent the whole invest or the introduction part. <laughs> I was thinking about it. <laughs> I'm Brandon playing Wallace Andrews, MD, currently watching in horror as the, what is it called? Dark Hunter? Multiples. Yes. Multiple. Multiple Dark Hunters have arrived in the, in the room where we're trying to convince Bowers to uh, admit to the murder of Mr. Dooley. I'm Justin. I'm playing Lance Monroe, who is also currently trying not to crap his pants at the sight of multiple dark hunters entering the room from extra-dimensional spaces. <laughs> I'm John playing James Whitmire, and I have no idea that this place is being overrun by dark hunters. Okay, so, yes, that's where we left off. A nice cliffhanger of the appearance of an ill-tempered-looking man and dark hunters but there is an unaccounted amount of time before brandon successfully made his persuade role and the dark hunters appeared in which you guys had hatched a plan to act as agents of the haunter in the dark whisper in the darkness some entity you had heard about to help you in securing the confession of mr bowers excuse me uh mr monroe you had been scribbling a hasty confession on piece of paper you had while dr andrews you had noticed that the young man was clearly in an insane state and would need some calming before you could get anything out of him so we'll rewind the clock just a little bit and see how that all turned out now we know you rolled one uh, success a regular success on your persuade roll and this does seem to make young bowers less agitated and he's looking at you guys with adoration and expectation as he now sees you as agents of some eldritch being, this whisper in the darkness. Oh. So okay. what was the next move? He's he stopped his mad rambling. So this is before? Right, yeah, because we had cut at the end of your regular success. Uh, we went over to Whitmire as he'd gotten the necessary piece of paper. And then I needed to get a cliffhanger in there before we stopped recording. So we're just seeing what actually happened in that time we were away from you guys. Yeah. So at this point, we were <clears throat> trying to convince him that uh, the watcher in the dark wanted him to confess so that he could be rewarded. 
we were telling him like, you can't be rewarded if there's confusion as to who really is responsible, that sort of thing. And the watcher wants it to be you, so you can join him watching in the dark, <laughs> dancing, whatever, you know. Yes, I'll do it. I'll do it for a chance to see all of time laid out before me. Yes, and that. And so just <laughs> all you've got to do is type it out and sign it. Write it out and sign it. <laughs> well, I think I'd had a kind of a hastily written yes. confession. So I'll, I'll pass, like, slide it around to him and give him the pencil to sign. Yeah, he has to. You have to kind of hold it there and and put the pencil in one hand or the pen in one hand. What does your confession say, um, roughly? I accept responsibility for the death of of Mister Dooley. Um, <clears throat> it was done in ritualistic fashion to try and gain powers of occult nature. Okay. Yeah. So he uh, scribbles his signature on there uh, underneath what you had written, and then that's when. We're caught up, and you hear that exhalation from Finn McCracken as he's now seen the Dark Hunters appear. So this is where our story, the investigator's story, intersects with, you think, William Murrow Jr. Surely this ill-tempered youth that has stepped out of this portal is the same as described in Mr. Dooley's journal, journal and again by the retired detective James Barrister, because he had mentioned how some college boys had come up asking about the Church of Contemplation. And if your theory is correct, Mr. Monroe, then this is none other than Congressman Murrow, uh, the father of William Murrow Jr., if there even is a William Murrow Jr., who was a prominent figure in that old cult, made young again by the blood of innocence. And by the writings in the journal of Mr. Beckett, he is connected to Mr. Blackman and the consortium and has in his possession the dread tome Liber Ivanus, which you also have in your possession. And who can say what powers, strange and eldritch, he might possess? But now he's before you with dark hunters, and his physiology is quite clearly disturbed. Dear God, he's time-sick. <laughs> but you can see he's, uh, <laughs> he's shifting between these different genetic expressions, where his hair color changes eye color, the... Uh, his skin color, all, all that sort of stuff, and it's in this constant state of flux. But also, he seems a little fuzzy at the edges. You know, this, who knows what the cause of this is. But let's begin with a luck roll from McCracken, Andrews, and Monroe. <clears throat> Ooh. All this oh, nice and juicy to, luck I can use up. <laughs> I need to take off my whisper. I got a 49. Yes, a Monroe got a regular success. But I have failed. I'll use luck. To On succeed. your luck roll? Yeah. Impossible. <laughs> That'll put you in a worse state than, than William Murrow Jr. Than weak words can describe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you guys, Monroe and McCracken, are unaffected <clears throat> by whatever effect is happening. But, Andrews, you feel yourself... Uh, slowed. Rather, it looks like everybody else has sped up. But also, you notice something strange like uh, gossamer strands or webs flowing around everything. In most cases, they're so uniform, so tightly knit that you can't see them, but they spring from or the, uh, the warping around this portal, and they're flowing out, and they're affecting things in different ways, and you see them uh, bending around you in an odd way. And around some of the orderlies that are now freaking out or rushing around, like you hear 
some guy say, hey, Gordy, hit the alarm. It's the Boston baboons. And uh, But Gordy doesn't seem to be unable or he's unable to do anything. He's just locked in, in place like a steel image. Uh, so this young man strides forward, shifting his genetic expressions in the state of flux. And he doesn't really pay much attention to you guys. He's looking past you two at young Bowers. And he says, Bowers, it's time to come home. We have to finish the ritual. But, McCracken, you're the next up. Ooh. Well, Game Master, what do you think old McCracken would uh, would do? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think he'd be given something both barrels, <laughs> but I just figure, uh, <laughs> uh, what do you want, like a 1D3? or How many is it? There's like seven of those dang hunters, aren't there? Uh, we'll go with three. Okay. So I'll go 1D4. One will be... Uh, the time shifting dude. Okay. All right. So uh, number three. All, All right. Uh, so both both barrels in close range. You're just rolling for uh, regular success. Okay. Uh, let's see if this works. Uh, it does. Nice. Nice. You're doing both though, aren't you? Oh, uh, was it? Uh, and uh, penalties on those? No, your uh, point blank range. Oh, cancels out the penalty. Okay, of two shots. Um, it looks like the damage is a little off though. You need a forty-six in the short range for both of those. So, just roll. Well, I guess you can roll out eight d six. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, I went with the uh, the second one. Okay, so what you want? Four more d six. Yeah, that'd be fine. We're looking at uh, twenty-nine total damage. And as as has been described in the past, these Dark hunters are armored in certain places, so some of it has no effect. However, it was a lot of shot going at that dark hunter, so you definitely uh, knock it down. And this has a disturbing effect on the portal that they were holding open, and you're not sure by what process the gravitational effect of a singularity is held at bay when they travel, but that loosens somewhat. Hmm. And there's a the the uh, effect of like rapid decompression where suddenly you feel <laughs> things streaming past you and the force is actually strong enough to suck you guys towards the portal pending a strength roll. No oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Ah. Oh my goodness. What would push be on that? Could could I push on that? Uh yeah, um severed by the portal. <laughs> <laughs> Jumped it out of time never to be heard. Yeah. Again. Okay. Strength. Uh, yeah. Let's let's do that. Uh, Jumped it out of time. Possibly. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Always push. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you get it? Yeah, I got a seventy. <laughs> oh, it didn't pop up for me for some reason. Oh, there, there it is. is. A little delay. Okay. So you're gonna let your failure stand, Doctor Andrews. Are you still whispering? Yeah. Me. I never whispered to nobody. <laughs> you got um, a 61 over 40. Yeah, I'll push. Oh. All right. So uh, let's see. Let's start with McCracken. So you uh, you realize that the only thing you had to moor yourself from being sucked into this, you had to actually dive towards something that was nearer the portal, but you get a hold of it. Uh, it was one of the bars like on the out 
part the, of this room, but you Hannibal cell or yeah, right. And you're grabbing a hold of it, and you're being pulled up, like your feet are actually dangling in the air. Uh, in your case, Monroe, you are a touch further away, so the the force isn't as strong, and you just hold on uh, to the inner set of bars. Okay, I want to make sure I'm I grasp as tight as I can to the confession note as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's your dex? Maybe I should do a roll for that. Now nah, we'll let you have it. My dex is horrible. <laughs> we'll let you have it. Yeah. So quick thinking, you grab a hold of it. You got it in your hand and it's fluttering and flapping in this force. And uh, in the case of Dr. Andrews, you go sailing uh, out of the room between the yeah. the entryway of the bars and can, into the portal. Can I try mm. to grab them? Ooh. Yes, but failure would cause you to lose your grip. All right. Well, I figure... And we'll like, make it a dex in this case. Yeah, I figure that Merriweather told me to watch after yes. him type of thing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to try to do that. All right, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you uh, were holding on with both hands, but you, you know, real quick, put one hand off and you grab, you know, the sleeve of his coat or something. You actually probably need something more than that. So you grab his arm. You grab his uh, his weird arm. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Give um, me an extreme power roll, Brandon. Oh, okay. Let me get that extreme. I always forget where it's okay. Oh. Uh, well, you don't get any vision, but part of the thing that made it possible is he was going a touch slower than you might expect when he was flying across the room. <laughs> okay. So, which brings us to you, Andrews. You've been caught by the stalwart Finn McCracken, and you still see these gossamer strands, this web... Uh, invisible in most places, but where it's being warped by the portal, you can actually see it. And it is uh, bending around you in an odd way. What would you like to do? All right. So bending around, so like it's not touching me? It is. It's like interacting with you in a way that that seems different. Like it's more uh, constricting. Like it's settling on you in a way that seems to be constricting you in some way. All right. Um, can I try to slash it with my knife? You can. Your uh, attempts to do so, they don't seem to have any effect on it. It's like your your knife doesn't interact with it in any way. Okay. But I'll let you try something else before we move on. Yeah, I'll try to grab it with my... Well, he's got a hold of my weird arm. Huh? Well, you could readjust. Yeah, you know? that's what I'll try. I'll try to grasp at it with my weird arm and see if that will have an effect on it. Okay. So give me a power roll, just a regular. Mm. Hard success. All right. So you um, you take your weird hand and you start grabbing at these this web that's all around you, and and you you start you start to twist it around, and you can see like as you you're just rotating your put your fingers in all this webbing, and you rotate it, and it goes invisible. But with your hard success, you notice as you twist it a little bit more, it frees up. And everybody around you seems to slow down a touch. Like you're watching objects that were flying at normal speed towards this portal. They slow down in their trajectory. Mm. I control time. Time Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that will be it for your turn. Okay. So the Dark Hunters, the two remaining, uh, they do something to try to stabilize this portal. And it seems to have the intended effect as the the suction from it uh, abates somewhat. It's still whipping wind around the room, but it's not the kind that will lift your body off the floor. And the two of you uh, fall to the floor, basically. Mr. Monroe. 
Did uh, Wallace Bowers get sucked in? Uh, Bowers was in his chair. You, are you asking about Murrow? No. Was, yeah, uh, he was like, he was like uh, in the gurney where they have the straps all around him. Okay. So. so And so he didn't get sucked no, into no. it. Okay. Um, what side of the bars did... Or is, is there no uh, partition or... Well, there is a partition. So if he did get sucked away from his gurney, he actually would have hit bars... Okay. And it would have stopped him. Those are the bars that you were holding on to to keep from flying out of the room. Okay. Is there any way that I can, like, are there any other exits that aren't past these things? Uh, the, um, past, yeah, you, there's a little Get space, yeah. like you could go out to the right or the left into this wing. Uh, you're not sure if there's an exit off to the left, but if you went out to the right, that would be the way you guys came down that hall. I'm going to try to flee that way. <laughs> okay. Dude, you need an emergency emergency thirty eight like Whitmire unload in case of emergency. <laughs> right? Yeah, that that just doesn't seem like a Monroe thing, though. <laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll try and flee the, okay. the situation with the with, <laughs> with the confession. The I got it. We got to get out of here. All right. So uh, you you book it down that hallway. You make it past the Dark Hunters and William Murrow Jr. Now let's uh, go to a different part of. Danvers State Hospital in the basement in the archives where Mr. Whitmire has just heard some alarm bells go off. These are the bells that one of the orderlies up where you guys uh, are have set off. So that's now going off and you have that paper that has Bauer's um, date of commitment to this institution in your hand, but now alarms are going off. What do you want to do, Whitmire? Well... I figure that's either for me or those guys got found out. So it's time to, to make my escape. Okay. So you book it down these halls and these um, these service tunnels that the guy had pointed out to you to get here. And there you see him coming around a corner with a wide-eyed expression on his face. And he's, he's asking you, do you know what's going on? As I'm going <laughs> to... We'll see how well this works. So <laughs> I'm going to say that uh, some of the uh, some of the patients are loose uh, down here, and they're uh, we need to get help as they're they're asking for help, and I'll just point back that way as uh, and and tell them as I, I need to go get more people and try and get him to go that way. Okay. Um, yeah. That, so he. Seems a little uncertain to go off and face a bunch of mad people loose in the basement on his own. So let's get a social skill roll, one of your choice. Probably a fast talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard success, of course. And he's like, uh, he's like, okay, I'll go check it out. Uh, you go up to the refuge area uh, upstairs. I'll so be he back takes with off more down help. the hall. <laughs> <laughs> you can count on me. <laughs> All right, so back in the the men's wing, this Murrow, William Murrow Jr. looks at one of the dark hunters and it steps away from the portal and walks past you and Dr. Andrews towards these the interior set of bars and he rips the door off, which brings it to you. So you still have your shotgun, or no, I suppose the way we did it, it clattered to the floor, but if you want to pick it up and reload it, that would be the action for this round. You can also reload one shot and fire with penalty. Hmm. I'll uh, pick it up, reload. Okay. And I think I'll be uh, looking towards the guy now because yeah. it looks like he's given orders. 
Right. Yeah, he's still standing in the just on the outside of this portal. So, Doctor Andrews, you fall into the floor. What is your move? Um. So, can I still interact with this webbing? Yeah. Like I had seen that if I twisted it one way, people seem to slow down. Yeah. Uh, did, did Murrow slow down? Uh, no. It's hard to see the webbing around him. It, it seems like it's in its normal state. So. In order to pick it up, you'd need a spot hidden, a hard spot hidden to see it around him so you could interact with it. Can I see it around the Dark Hunters? Same situation. Okay. So I'll do a hard spot hidden then. Mm. Can I lock that? Yeah, or you can just try it again because you'd get two actions in this round, whichever you prefer. If you luck it, you'd be able to go on and do something else. Yeah, I'll luck it. Okay, so you succeed. You see just a faint shimmering, uh, almost invisible, and it's just when he moved for a moment to interact with the Dark Hunter to his right, but it's there. Yeah, so I'll try to run screwing up with it. Okay, so uh, to move it, you know, one notch in a different way, you'll need a hard success on your power roll. And by the way, the last time you did it, it cost you a magic point. I forgot to say that. Okay. Hmm. Failed my power. Yeah, so your weird hand just uh, bounces off of it when you try to to move it and nothing happens. Okay. Okay, so the other uh, Dark Hunter sees you approach William Murrow uh, in that way and it tries to approach you, but then something happens, you know, like it it has some real jittery movement for a moment and it's almost like something exploded internally because you see some dark liquid start pouring out of its neck. This is the con- conflict between its two commands, mm. uh, Mr. Monroe. And this drops its uh, control over the portal, and that suction action happens again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you guys are still, you're kind of like free of the worst of it. You're close enough that I don't need a roll. Like once you see it happening, you can grab that bar right again. But I will need a strength roll from you. Could we have used size if it was better? Yeah, if it were like uh, a weaker one in this uh, case. Since he's yeah. right there, though. he. Uh... <laughs> so when he's trying to interact with um, Murrow's threads or whatever, is he just like reaching yeah. his hand out into the middle of the <laughs> air and like wiggling his fingers and stuff? Yeah, yeah you guys don't see this at all. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so you you go flying past William Murrow into the portal through the gray wasteland. And you know this is devastating to look into, so you actually have a moment to squint your eyes closed when you go in there, if you want. But you could look around also. No, I'll close my eyes. Okay. Oh, man. So you fly through the darkness with your eyes closed, and then you collide with something that hits you hard in your side. Uh, uh, Give me a constitution roll. Where are you? Success. Nice. Okay. So uh, it knocks the wind out of you only for an instant, but you get it back and you're like looking around the area you're in, but we will get back to you. Okay. All right, Mr. Monroe, you're fleeing down the hallway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably not aware of what has just occurred, although you do hear there's some sound associated with the increase of the gravitational effect, but are you just going to continue? Yeah, I heard them. I heard the orderly shout something about the beast, right? The Boston bed. Bos- yeah. <laughs> So I'll, I'll continue fleeing through the hospital, shouting the same thing. Okay. Shouting for help. So you uh, flee past Gordy, 
you think he's there frozen in time still with his mouth in a circle of of astonishment and his hand just like poised there in the air but the other two orderlies are after they've sounded the alarm they're fleeing back to um fright in their eyes and you you uh are on their tail basically and so you guys are all shouting about this this thing in in the wing okay all right mr whitmire you've clambered up the stairs you're in the uh main part of the entry you hear some commotion uh off to the east which is where the men's wing is and a lot of people in white clothes or or coats are moving in that direction what did you want to do um, go the other direction. <laughs> yeah, my, from here you could. Sorry, go what's ahead. That? Uh, I was gonna say my my plan here because I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure if if uh, our ruse is up, but I'm not one to be caught either. So, as this point, it's just escape. Okay. Yeah, from here you can make your way out of the main building. So you're out in this this r- sort of rolling cultivated lawn with paths and hedges everywhere. And you guys came here from a train and you know the track was not too distant from here, but there also is a parking area that you spotted when you came up here where there were several personal vehicles out there. Uh, where do you want to angle towards? Well, I don't think that stealing a car is necessary in this situation. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll hit the tracks. All right, head towards the station. Okay. Yep. So back in the hallway, Finn, you see uh, that Murrow seems to be unaffected by this polling action into the portal. And the Dark Hunter continues into the room and is breaking the straps away from Beckett, or not Beckett, but Bowers. All right. So you've got your gun reloaded there. However, you have to, it would be difficult to take a shot. You could still do it by hooking, you know, your elbow around the bars and and trying to aim that way. But uh, what do you want to do? Uh Ooh. Yeah, that's. I'll take a shot at uh, Murrow. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'll take two shots at Murrow if I'm able to. Yeah, so we will do that both at penalty. Okay, so I'll uh, grunt at him to stand and deliver. <laughs> All right, so one. Where's the penalty? I'm not seeing it. One D ten. Should be right at the bottom. I see it on yours. I can roll it if you want. Yeah, I'm not seeing the ability to. Uh, so 75 versus 70 on the first one. Okay. And second one. So you got a regular success on the second one. Okay. For nine damage. All right. So as I described when you guys were interacting with Rasa and you hit him with that crowbar, there was a, some sort of layer of protection that your blow impacted on. And it's the same with William Murrow, but not fully. Uh, he's sort of smugly looking at everything in the room and... Your shot doesn't have its full effect, but some of it does get through. And, you know, he reacts like a complete coward and starts, like, uh, covering the parts that were wounded. And he's, like, running back towards the portal, sort of, you know, screaming. (laughs) All right, Dr. Andrews. Yes. So you're looking around. You're in a well-to-do, looks like a banquet hall. Uh, You can see... On one side of the wall, there are three windows set high. And at when you first look at them, you see the red gold sky of a sunset. But then it will flicker and it'll, it'll just be complete blackness out there. But here's what you see when you look around the room. 
So at first, your day's senses pick up the sounds of a raucous dinner party. But once your wits return, you realize it is something entirely different. Your eyes flick across the room and you see one gruesome sight after another, each worse than the last. On the two large banquet tables are a splendid set of roast pig and vegetables and an assortment of sundry side dishes. Plates are set before each of the chairs, and by each of the plates is an idol of Zagua, no two of which are the exact match, and they sit there like macabre dinner invitations. However, the chairs and plates are mostly empty, although in one exception a man forks roast pig from a plate piled high with the meat into his overstuffed mouth. A kind of moaning escapes his mouth in between frantic bites, and you can see his swollen belly straining at the buttons of his undershirt. In another case, a man is screaming unendingly, his arm pinned to the table and not upon by yet another dinner guest. The gnar looks around the room with a politely embarrassed look as though to say, I am terribly sorry to be eating this man's arm, but you must understand I am dreadfully hungry. Elsewhere, a man admonishes, Don't waste the vomit, Charlie. That's right, you must clean your plate. A woman's face, swollen and purple, eyes sightless, the end of a scarf trailing from her mouth and her neck bulging. She's just sort of draped over one end of this table. And there are worse things. Acts of consumption so gratuitous that they intersect with other profane deeds. Even if there were words in the English language to describe them, the mind would surely reject them before they could coalesce in the imagination. Somewhere, a man has a fit of laughter that is on the verge of of apoplexy. You recognize the strained and purple face of Wade Hoffman, he's one of the Porcellian group, who sits apart from all this and watches the spectacle with mad glee. Uh, Cole Bishop is there as well, his face ashen with one hand held up to his cheek, his mouth a circle of astonishment, eyes flitting from one blasphemy to another. There is a naked filthy man in the corner whose gleaming eyes have seen too much. Rocks back and forth, and a young Miss Williams is there as well, her body draped protectively over the naked man. Her cheek has a rising welt that has nearly closed the eye above it shut. And at the borders of the room, numerous dark hunters are fixed intently on the wall, their inhuman arms thrust against the beams, and you see that light outside is just constantly flickering from red-gold sunset to pitch blackness. And then Murrow comes back through this portal that was connecting through this, you know, clutching some wound on his arm. Uh, but then behind him, it snaps shut. Well, we'll leave it open for a sec. So there you are. What do you want to do? Um, gosh, I think I'd like to try to jump back through. Oh man, really? Yeah. <laughs> <The> beast. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do a sanity roll first. Not the kind of place I want to be in. Nice. Hard success. Okay. So you only lose one point of sanity. So yeah, you, uh, just naturally shy away from the things that, are not appropriate to describe out loud. And you do take in some of the, the bad bits, and you feel a kind of strange, sick pull to join it. Uh, there's, a, there's an infection in you, you realize. Uh, you're not sure it's source, but when you see all this revelry, there's at least some percentage of you that, that sees it as a good thing. It's so, probably, anyhow. It's probably all that smut that, uh, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, oh, man, what was his name? Detective... Uh... Oh, uh, Fiona. Yeah, his Nichols. wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that nickel's been handing out to us. <laughs> Read this one. <laughs> Giant women from Mars. <laughs> so you want to run back into the portal? 
Yeah, I mean, what other options are there? Is there any, like, doors? Yeah, you see uh, uh, there's a, a brief set of stairs that goes to double doors, basically. Yeah, I'm going to abandon the idea of the portal because if it was it was forcefully pulling me this right. way, then I, you know, I probably can't. I don't have escape velocity, so <clears throat> I'll run to those stairs. Okay. All right, so you start heading towards the stairs, Monroe. Continuing to flee. All right, we'll give you a luck roll to maybe see Whitmire fleeing out the door. Nope. But uh, you don't. It happened a, a bit sooner. <laughs> but you are back into that main, the main area. So where are you heading from there? Out the front doors. Okay. I, I figured, you know, this is probably getting close to being an evacuation territory <laughs> yeah. where... So yeah, I'll, I'll flee out out the front doors to to the lawn. Okay. So Mr. Whitmire, you're angling towards the tracks. Um, you know, it will take some time before you reach that train station where you guys got here. It was a short walk, maybe 20 minutes uh, running it. You could do it a fair bit quicker. But unless you have something else specific you want to do, we'll just leave you in that act. Nope that was that was my whole plan at this point. Unless I see okay. something that. Uh, makes me take a different route uh nope nothing else jumps out at you all right finn so murrow has disappeared into this portal out of sight but it is still open at this time and the dark hunter is now like carrying um mr bowers in his arms towards that portal what would you like to do oh man so you gotta reload again you could Load one in and fire one with a penalty. Well, I was hanging around to get wait for Wallace to get out, but yeah. that's kind of hit the fan. What do you think Finn would... Uh, I think he'd probably retreat after the greater number of detectives. I don't think he would jump in through a portal. Okay. I don't know. What do you think? No, I, that works for me. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he'll uh, reload and back out of the room as he's doing okay. so. So this... Uh, this suction effect is still happening, but where you are, you can move with the bars. Uh, there's just one moment where you have to jump like across the entry where you won't be able to moor yourself very well. So we'll just take a strength roll to get across that. All right. Or if your constitution is better, you could use that. We could factor in your, your weight at that distance. Oh, if it was size, I'd go for size. it. Size. There we go. Okay. Sorry about that. All right, here we go. <sighs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you had been a smaller man, you surely would have went flying in that portal. But as it is, you make it across that gap. And at some point, it just quits pulling at you. And you can move more freely. Okay. Okay, Dr. Andrews, you... Hold on just a sec here. Okay, so you flee through these doors out of this banquet room. And that whole that room took up pretty much the whole floor. So then there's a stairwell that goes down to another floor... And you come out in what looks like a billiards room. So there's two tables there that take up most of it. There's no other furniture in there to allow adequate space for people to do their shots. But there's a picture hanging above the billiards that you see. I'll show it to you. That looks like that. Did that pop up for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see it's in in a flowing script on the uh, frame. It says just the steward. And it's hanging above the billiards table. And... You hear some footfalls coming down a blind hallway that you can't see yet, but they're just pretty slowly, methodically walking down that hallway. Um, this hallway is not 
the one I came through? Uh, no, you came kind of like it was um, a oh. stairwell, right? Okay. Like in its own enclosed space. And then when you came out to the door, it opened into uh, to Billiard's room. Okay. Um, all right. So I'll just, you know, ready my knife and wait to see who this is. Is that the hallway they're coming from, the only other way to go? Uh, no, there's um, there's a door that you could go in as well. Okay. On the opposite end of where the hallway would be. Yeah, I'm going to dart through that door. Okay. So, But, but I want to, like, get in and, like, stay there and, like, peek through to see who this okay. who was coming down the hallway. All right. So you go into what looks to be a kitchen just off the billiards room. And you're peeking out that door and you see a figure come around the corner that looks to be like that man in the painting, this steward, only uh, where his, like his suit jacket is kind of long and it drapes at the hands, but it's not hands that come out the ends of the suit jacket. It looks like, I'm not sure if you saw it yet, but Monroe would know what it is. It looks like the the strange bubbling formless guards mm-hmm. that were around Sathagua, but you know, it's just, they're dangling there from from the bottom of, of the suit jacket arms. Other than that, he looks like the guy in the painting, except he pauses and like beams of light shoot out where his eyes are and he just starts scanning the room this way and then that way. And they're kind of like angling towards where you are in the kitchen. <laughs> but we'll go on to the next person, Mr. Monroe. So when you come down those steps again, you know the way you came in, uh, the, the walk that leads to this uh, train station. Not a station, really, but they, they have a stop there. And also, you see that parking lot where there are a few personal cars. Okay. Once I get outside, I'll um, just turn around and, and wait. Okay. <laughs> um, kind of expecting to see more and more people flooding out of the out of the hospital. All right. Uh, Mr. Whitmire's doing his thing. So, McCracken, you're still f- uh, on your flight. You, you hear or that... You hear the pop sound of like the wind stopping, like rushing into this portal. Okay. Uh, if are the people moving or still? Yeah, frozen? yeah. There's still some panic in your area. Right. Do they notice a man with a gun? Uh, no, they don't. They're still the All two right. that are your near don't. Anyways, I'll uh, I'll I'll stuff that like most likely in a holster or something like that. I don't know. Uh, right. What McCracken's got? He wore a big bulky coat coat that came down to. You know, maybe his upper thigh or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, it, uh, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, I good figure enough. he's probably got some sort of sling, like yeah. shoulder sling or something for it. All right, so yeah, I'll do that, and I'll kind of uh, quick walk. Okay. Yeah. yeah, you can probably catch up to Monroe when he's out the front if you head that direction. Yeah, because you move a little faster naturally than he does. All right, so we'll leave you guys there for a moment. Come back to. Dr. Andrews. So I should also notice that behind you, the the light of the room changes from the red gold sunset of Boston to just blackness coming in through the windows. So that only leaves the electric light in the kitchen. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'll start looking through the kitchen then. Like if there's a door somewhere I can get out or uh, what window. I don't know. Yeah. There, there are windows. Um, if you peek at one, Give me a luck roll. So at the time you peek out of it, it's this red gold sunset light. And so when you look out, you see your two levels above the street. And it looks like the Harvard campus where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, And you see just people going about their business on the Harvard campus. But you're still three levels up 
So Okay. And there's a door at the opposite end of this kitchen. So you have all the equipment would be off to your left as you're moving down this. And then there's some, uh, there's like a pantry along the wall to your right. But there's a door at the opposite end. Okay. Well, I have my medium knife. Okay. So I'd like to just cast about and see if there's one that would fall into the large <laughs> knife category. Yeah, there definitely is within the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll snatch that up and I'll head down, I'll head through the other door. Okay, so while you're doing all this, give me let's see. Are you actively trying to be quiet while you're doing this? Yeah. Okay, so go ahead and roll your stealth out there. Mm-hmm. Failure. We'll leave it to intelligence to stand in for but it failed harder. So you hear those footsteps uh move away from the kitchen door on onto somewhere else and you pick up your large knife and go out that other door which proves to be a smaller dining room what folks in that era would call a breakfast room um something where you could go and eat pretty much any time of the day mm-hmm. since it's right by the kitchen and there is uh yet another door you could take beyond that okay yeah i'll go that i'll go through that one okay so when you come out that one you realize that you're in the end of the hallway that the thing came down uh, the opposite side of it. And there is another stairwell just like the one you came down from the banquet hall above that you presume would lead down to the second floor of this building. Okay. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'll go to that, like, to the corner of it and like listen to, listen down the stairwell, see if it's safe to continue on. Yeah, it is initially, but then the light streaming in through the hallways, windows changes to uh, blackness outside, and you hear uh, the sound of many pattering feet somewhere on the lower levels, right? Like you just hear like bare bare feet slapping on wooden planks. Okay. Well, I mean, there's nowhere else to go. So, is there some sort of like timing between the flashes between different light? Was it random? Uh, it does appear to be random, but if you wait for we'll say in this case, like 30 seconds, it changes back to the sunset of Boston and you don't hear the pattering feet anymore. All right. So yeah, I'll take that point, that moment to go down the stairs. Okay. So when you come out the bottom of the stairwell, this opens up into a parlor, uh, just nice lounge chairs. There's a mini bar there. Uh, There are pictures on the walls. Make a spot hidden check for me. Mm. Oh. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> push it. in a row. Push it. Yeah, I'm going to push it. Okay. So you see there are uh, like pictures of what you presume to be esteemed members of porcelain. So you see Mr. Blackman up there uh, like as a member from the class of 84, mm. you think? You also see a picture below that of the class of 84 and in that group it just catches your eye. You see the distinguished figure of uh, Theodore Roosevelt, like arm in arm with Mr. Blackman. Mm. Um, But it's just a curiosity as you move through this parlor. So give me a luck roll. Hopefully you haven't been spending too much of your luck. Yeah, I have been. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yes, the light streaming through the windows changes to this blackness outside. and, And in one blink, you are surrounded by the hominids below the mound Mm -hmm. and they're like searching everywhere and you see, you know, they're like waist high 
on Rasa, who you met not that long ago. He's walking through this area, and he's like, ah, curiosity has gotten the better of you after all. What do you do? I uh, <laughs> swing this cleaver into his forehead. Okay. Well, he's, he's, he's like, there's some distance, I should say, be, be, between you two. You have all these little hominids, uh, like, prowling around, looking under things and behind things. Oh, okay. All right. So I'll do that to the closest one okay. to me. <laughs> Go ahead and give me your fighting brawl roll. You're going to look like the cover of the original Doom, just with tiny humans. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> oh, not the way on. I'm rolling today, I'm not. <laughs> I know. Stupid. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, well, maybe they'll fumble on a dodge. Or no, they, they'll fight back. There we go. Mm. So yeah, your clumsy swinging of it, you know, they have an opportunity to get in there and they start beating you with their little clubs and whatnot, at dealing two damage. Okay. And that Rasa, you know, points his snake staff at you and give me a power roll. Mm. Nice. Hard success. Well done. He got a hard success as well. On the tie, it goes to the higher skill. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> okay. So uh, suddenly, you hear like this scree- like a like a mad gibbering screaming coming from somewhere very close to you. You can't pinpoint it as of now. And Rasa just says, "Don't go too far." But other than that, he seems to ignore you from that point. So what are you going to do? Well, I'll run away. <laughs> okay, so you can see you could pivot away from where all these things are flooding in the parlor. And there's a door there that when you run through it, you're in a library of some sort. They're the Porcellian's private library. And this room seems to be clear. But that screaming is still with you. It's like right with you, mm-hmm. like on your body somewhere. Okay. And you see uh, <laughs> when you're trying to look, you see your your... Your jacket, like, fluffing a little bit. There's some movement underneath your jacket. Yeah. So, I guess I'll tear off my jacket, see what's going on there. <laughs> so, there's a mouth that has formed on your arm. Oh, good. And it's it's just opening. There's the action of screaming. The tongue is, like, vibrating in there as the screaming's going out. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> give me a sanity roll, please. <laughs> Evil got into your arm. Had to cut it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got an extreme success on my sanity. That's only, you only lose one point then. Uh, Now, you're wondering, since it went dark outside, if that, now this is more Monroe's territory, but, and you know that you saw this building flickering into the dream. Is this just some action of the dream? Is it, is it being brought into the dream world for momentarily, uh, for a, brief periods of time and that's all this is and that's kind of how you rationalize it away and only take one sand loss but we'll leave you there for a moment and go with the rest of you guys uh finn was the last to come outside so again you have that option where you see cars parked off in a lot but there's also the the uh train station but you've caught up with monroe at this point okay uh yeah i'll uh kind of walk up and i'll tap him on the shoulder <laughs> okay well, once I was outside, I probably would have turned around okay. and waited for these guys to right. come out. So, yeah, so I guess I'll walk up then and I'll uh, take out my pad and I'll uh, point it towards them and it will say, uh, Andrews fell in. And I'll just kind of nod, kind of not sure what to do. Then they got, uh, what was his name? 
uh oh bowers yeah bowers yeah they took bowers into the portal too we need to get out of here (laughs) i agree uh have you seen whitmire i'll shake my head (laughs) all right um Perhaps we should wait just another couple minutes to see if Whitmire comes out, and if not, then I'm afraid we'll have to just go on on our own. All right, so Whitmire does not come out after a couple of minutes. Okay. Um, then I guess we'd head towards the train station. Okay. So there, when you guys eventually arrive at the train uh, stop, you would see Whitmire, I suppose. What do you do when you get there, Whitmire? So I'm going to just calmly take a seat and wait <laughs> Wait for well, a I'll go buy it. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll wait um, probably about 20, 30 minutes. Uh, see if anybody else shows up. If not, then I'll buy a ticket and okay. uh, for whatever the next train is. Yeah, the last departing train for the evening was, or the one that was coming through would be 7.30. So, yeah, that's what you buy your ticket for. And so you guys see a very calm Whitmire just sitting on the bench there <laughs> when you arrive. Okay. Um, I guess I'll explain to him exactly what happened. That while we were getting the confession, I'll show him the confession. Uh, that several dark hunters, as well as someone that appeared to be Murrow Beckett Jr., stepped out of some of those portals that the dark hunters come from and took um, took Bowers. Bowers, and that during a struggle that Dr. Andrews fell into the portal. I'll shake my head at the struggle part. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll kind of, he walked up to try to touch, uh, whatever the guy's (laughs) name was, the, the man that came through the portal and he got sucked in. (laughs) Did you happen to recognize at all where this portal led to? I'm afraid I was not there when he got sucked in. So no. Did you buy tickets for all of us, John? Or just, um, well, if no one had shown up, it would just okay. be me. But right. so since while, you guys are here, I can get you guys some tickets. If no, you while Monroe's explaining to uh, Whitmire, I'll go buy the other two. Okay. All right. So you guys have your tickets and a little bit of a wait before this well, train arrives. I've got the um, admission form for him, and we have a confession, but I think this still leaves us in the same boat. Um, as before. In what way? Well, I and mean, how are they going to explain him not being there? There's still no suspect, or still no no, uh, I guess person to convict at this point. Well, that's not really our goal. Our goal is to get um the young boy Charlie Murphy. Yeah, Charlie Murphy free. <laughs> not not necessarily to give them a suspect to convict. Uh, yes, but do you really think that uh, the police will just give up on Charlie Murphy when they don't have anybody to or anything to go off of on this? As I don't know if you're still sticking with it, but you're also looking for a replacement sacrifice too. Yes, well, I believe that... Uh, Not that I know that. <laughs> that the consortium would let him go. Well, if you think that it'll work, then that's fine. Is, we can uh, go talk to Mr. Clark we, and, and see. We should definitely see if the consortium knows where Dr. Andrews is, though. Yes. Um, if you'd like, I can go and try and reach out to the consortium through my contact. And uh, if you want to take the confession 
to Mr. Clark and see if that will prove enough uh, and and let him know that there was some sort of an attack on the asylum and that uh, Mr. Bowers has been removed from the asylum. Yeah, we can do that. And as do you for, want uh, me and Finn to do that or do you want Finn with you? Um, I think you have one of the more dangerous tasks unless you really trust him. Well, I'm afraid I don't know if we can trust anything right now. But it seems the, like uh, after making this deal that uh, we had dark hunters come after us, what, the next day, the same night? Yes, and they swear that they weren't the ones that sent them, although they didn't discount the possibility of the Porcellian members uh, possibly sending them on their own volition. Although the dark hunters that came didn't seem to be interested in attacking us. They seemed there strictly to retrieve Wallace Bowers. Well, maybe uh, maybe we should take a quick detour to the Purcellian with a couple more of those uh, shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I am a little bit hesitant to, to just go and attack a, a Harvard College elite's chapter house without any kind of proof that that they have done anything. Well, we know they have. Yes, we have more than enough proof that they have. And if they're the yes. ones behind abducting Dr. Andrews... Is shooting up a fraternity over McCracken's pay grade? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You're holding off interdimensional beings. I mean... Yeah, but they're not... They're not college kids. <laughs> well, I will just say that uh, McCracken's code of ethics doesn't necessarily match up with law and order okay. all of the time. I mean, you've done illegal things on behalf of Meriwether. And, uh, you know, you did shotgun, not to injure, but you did shotgun at some criminals to allow Whitmire to, to free or to free himself based off of a, a command to watch over him. So, okay. It depends. I mean, you might not go along with the idea of shooting up college kids, but to keep these guys from injuring themselves, you might go along, and because you have a doctor and because uh, let's uh, let's not get this wrong. I'm not just talking about going to the school and shooting up <laughs> a bunch of college kids. I'm talking about going into the the barn and killing specifically uh, William Murrow's. Uh, and anybody else that's there. Well, we're not even sure if William Murrows is there. I know, but that's the, last the only we way saw we're going to find out. Or we could just blow the barn up with everybody inside. I'm I'm up for either option. <laughs> because if they're in there, my thought is that they're part of this. What about um, blowing up the uh, snake people's lair? We had discussed that. Um, I, I'm... Not sure where, like, why we're going to the to the barn all of a sudden. Well, I thought we were going to investigate the barn no matter what. That was we were going to investigate. We, we it, found but... it in the center of that the snake people's thing. Yeah, but we'd never their place of power. It up before. Well, I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it especially after we found it at you know um, at the center of their thing with the. Uh, 
creating, if I remember right, it was creating the pulses. Uh, I thought the pulses were coming to or were they it. Going to it. Yeah, they were. Either way, they were they're part of the pulses, it. part of the snake people, and I don't mind blowing it up. I'm more concerned with blowing up the uh, ancient evil that's devouring people and creating new realities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we could <laughs> blow that thing up. Well, I believe that, that with the dynamite that Mr. McCracken got us, if we use the portal, if the portal in that, that's part of the sarcophagus in my, my uh, museum truly does lead there, then I believe we could at least collapse the tunnels in that area and possibly even collapse the tunnels down onto that area of Boston that the barn looked like it was flickering into and out of with those pulses. Why don't we right, just do bolt? Let's jump back over to Dr. Andrews as you are in the barn, but the barn that's in the world where the sky is dark outside the windows, and you fled through that library into a reception room, uh, very much like the reception room at the Hermetic Order of the Silver Twilight, so it's a place to receive guests or people that don't belong to the club itself, and you're recalling... um, a newspaper article that Detective Nichols had given you guys that described that this second floor was above uh, the first floor, which was a store of some kind that was on the first floor of this building. So if you're remembering what it what had been written there, then the stairwell down should just go out to the street. And you're in a state where you hear the pattering of bare feet as they're flooding through the library, and you know it would be quite impossible to hide with a mouth on your arm that is screaming bloody murder. Yeah. So what do you want to do? Yeah, well, I want to go down. Okay. Um, that's my only choice. All right, so you're paused. You're, you reach the bottom of these steps. Uh, you can see there are two glass panes on the double doors at the bottom that look out into uh, darkness, although you do see a flare of light, and you make out the, the stalagmite model of Boston beyond rather than the Boston street. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stay in here and time my leaving for when it's right. Light out there. Okay. So you're waiting, you're looking for that light to change. Like I'll even just like, if I have to, I'll run in circles (laughs) around the uh, away from these things. Yeah. Well, the way the stairwell, if you're going to be right by the door, it's going to trap you at the bottom of it. It's going to be, you know, 30 feet of stairs oh, okay. uh, that you would have to go up to the top of the second floor. And that's where these hominids will come from when they come for you. So to get your timing right, it would be pretty difficult. But we could leave it to a luck roll for this first stage to see if it changes uh, at a good time. Success. Congratulations. So you hear the approach of the hominids and they start to fill up the top of that stairwell and they're all packed together. They're a little hesitant to come down at you since you have that large knife. What did you imagine you picked up? Just like a big cleaver or something like that? Yep, big meat cleaver. (laughs) Yeah. And you see, uh, without even really having to look out those glass panes, you just see, you know, the color of the fabric on your clothes change as uh, sunset light streams across it and you plunge through that door into the street of streets of Boston. And as you do so, that mouth goes quiet Mm. and you close the door behind you. All right. And, uh, 
people are kind of, they stop for a minute because you're in an obvious state, but uh, what do you want to do from that point? Yeah, so I got a giant meat cleaver in my hand. <laughs> yeah. I'm bleeding out of my head, you know, probably. <laughs> and I just, so what, I'll look around, where am I? Okay, so you're on the Harvard campus. You're on uh, uh, a street that has a row of these different houses, you know, like the Porcelain Club, different final club houses uh, or frat houses that are here. And since it's late in the evening, it does appear to be not much later than when you were sucked into the portal to begin with back in Danvers. Uh, people are, well, it's, you know, it's not really the school year, but there's still people here and they're just out doing evening, you know, on their way to some party or something like that, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, they're mostly young people, uh, college age kids, and they're just giving you a wide berth since you have that meat cleaver in your hands. Yeah. Um, now I'll look at my arm, like the mouth went quiet, but is it still there? It's gone now. Okay. And if you glance back at the building itself, you don't see anything from the outside that gives a clue of the turmoil that's going on inside. But this is the... The barn. The barn. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah. So like the people that are like, give me a weird look, I'll just like, you know, say crazy party going on in there. (laughs) And then uh, just start whistling and I'll walk away. (laughs) Let's do... uh, You could pick your charm or your uh, appearance or credit rating. Well, I'll do credit rating. (laughs) (laughs) See that? You want me to come over there? I'm not doing that. (laughs) Because John tweaked stuff on his end, so it messed ours. He's sapping luck. Poor shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. What would the downside be on a push on this? He immediately attacked. You see a couple of, of young men, you know, they obviously play some sort of sport they're brawny and and uh they might see an opportunity to prove their worth here and stopping a potential axe or cleaver murderer mm-hmm. yeah because <laughs> you have some blood and you have uh that cleaver in your hand so yeah it it would uh they would accost you they're kind of looking at you with thoughtful eyes so go ahead and push mm. to an extreme success but they they once again you you wear nice clothes you have uh the bearing of a man who is well to do mm-hmm. and if a rich person walks out of a, a what's essentially a college f- frat house with a cleaver then that's his business exactly. and they go on their own <laughs> way <laughs> and uh so yeah you walk down that street um it's like a not really a street for cars it's for people to walk just a wide little avenue for people to walk on and it goes through a gate with a pig's head on one end, it's actually the image when you go into roll 20. It's called the McKean Gate. And that puts you into the rest of Harvard campus, which you know well, and you can go on to wherever you would like from there. Yeah, so f- first thing I'll do is ditch that cleaver in a bush somewhere, okay. a garbage can, and throw it at a college student, you know. Um, and then, you know, I'll start heading towards where you can get a cab. Okay. So some transportation to where? Home. Okay. <laughs> well, Boston General, because, you know, I took some damage, so. <laughs> All right. All right. So, as you take the public transportation to the hospital, Dr. Andrews, uh, you arrive there and they tend to you and uh, it's pretty easy to wave off whatever the wounds are. It was just a blunt, blunt force injury for that point of damage and 
Two points. Two points. So do I get them back? Uh, you may get one back. Okay. This hospital has an 80%. So but the doctor smoking yeah. while he's examining you is probably yeah. hurting you worse than <laughs> the club. Mm-hmm. Put some ice on it. <laughs> but yeah, they got a 74 under 80. So you get one hit point back, at least for the first aid. You could stay there longer nah. for, uh, for that other hit point if you'd like. But so we find ourselves in a situation where three of the investigators are coming back on a train. So they'll arrive later in the evening and one through means mysterious and unknown has traveled from Danvers to Boston through time and space and alternate dimensions. Mm-hmm. And uh, unless there's anything specifically or specific that you want to do, Dr. Andrews, we can have some meetup occur. Cause you know, when they were, when you guys were planning to return you know, it was that 7.30 away from Danvers when it would arrive Yeah, back in Boston. You guys had parked there, at least one car, but you might have had McCracken's car and mm-hmm. uh, Whitmire's car. So what would you like to do upon their arrival? Yeah, I'll just be waiting by the car. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you guys have been debating, I suppose, this whole train ride, you know, what specifically <laughs> is to be done next with Whitmire evidently shouting blow it up blow it all up (laughs) (laughs) at least in his head and you guys exit the train station and there you see dr andrews uh somewhat disheveled in appearance standing next to one of the cars so i'll look at mr mccracken is this the real dr andrews well you don't know well that's what i'm asking then (laughs) He looks real. You might have to do. Oh, what happened? Oh, yeah. I tried to do a reload to see if it, I could get my penalty stuff oh, to start gotcha. popping up. And when I clicked on um, that happened, just try closing it and open it back up. See if it already did. Oh, it's still there. I was thinking about going edit directly. Yeah, do that. Hopefully, it doesn't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So you're going to give uh, Andrews a lick? <laughs> well, McCracken would be even more confused because you did see Dr. Andrews be have his or- arms torn up, off. <laughs> and now he disappears into portals and shows up next to your car. So you, <laughs> I think he's acting a little too cool. <laughs> yeah. He is a hard-boiled private detective. <laughs> Doctor, yeah. Doctor detective. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll have a look of, like, uh, surprise. Uh, so gentlemen, nice to see you. They just all have like narrow, suspicious uh, looks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what happened to you? Well, I was pulled through that portal and found myself inside the bar- the f- barn. Yeah. Yeah. The porcelain barn. Only I seem to flicker back and forth between the other world and this world. And as I made my way through, or I found myself in a, at first, in a banquet room, which is also the room that Murrow was deposited into at some point. And what I saw in that room is too horrific for me to describe. I'm going to shoot him. But I ran, and I made my way to the bottom floor, and I waited until the timing was right, as it flickered between one world and our world. And I found myself deposited out onto Harvard campus. And I made my way here. Okay, so that was actually 10 pages of descriptive narration by 
Dr. Andrews. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, Uh, how did it go with Bauer? So I'm, I'm going to be kind of checking his shadow. See, (laughs) once again, trying to make sure that if I can see any bust out the dousing rods on. Yeah. I kind of want to, uh, so was it Bowers was the guy we were seeing. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'll scroll out that, uh, he got, uh, drag, dragged in through a portal by one of the things and that I was able to get a shot off on the man, but it didn't seem to do what it was supposed to. Well, he did seem wounded when he showed up in the banquet room, but I also encountered, what was his name? The snake guy. Uh, Rasa. Yeah, Rasa. And he pointed his staff at me and a screaming mouth appeared on my arm. But it's gone now, thankfully. But it made it impossible to hide. I'll uh, write on my notepad uh, uh, dynamite. (laughs) Time to go get it or something (laughs) like that. You know, dynamite, underline, question mark, question mark. Well, in that banquet hall, I saw like 10 dark hunters in there. So yeah, I think dynamite's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll. Like, I don't know what so else to do at this point. We I'll, need uh, to dynamite the sarcophagus entrance, <laughs> the barn, and where else did this uh, banquet hall come from? That was in the the bowels of the the lizard people's caverns in that Boston chamber, the where the lizard yeah and the dream priest world. tried to kill us. Okay. So hopefully we'll get, uh, we'll destroy whatever we need to with those options. Should we also try and get back into the Wilbur and dynamite through that safe? That's another door. Well, if my safe goes to that same wall of portals, then I don't know if we need to go in through two different portals in the same spot. I would say we at least have to check it. After we dynamite your sarcophagus. Yes, we can definitely do that. All right. So I'll write on my notepad that I'll go start getting dynamite and you guys take care of uh, whatever you got to do. Okay. We definitely do need to drop the confession off at Mr. Clark and see if there's anything else we need to do with uh, the suspect being essentially kidnapped from the mental hospital. Well, I wouldn't say kidnapped in this case. Now it's an escape. Or rescued. That's yeah. how we, I wouldn't even say rescued. I would say escape. Yeah, they sprung them. At this of, point. What was it? Boston baboon? Or was it? Uh, that's what the, after hmm. Andrews' attack at the hospital from the Dark Hunter, that's what the newspapers, uh, one journalist had cheekily called it. Well, you had so the three of them. Baboon <laughs> attacked, and in the chaos, Bowers escaped. Yeah, that's probably the most plausible story that we could tell people. All right, uh, meeting underlying question mark look like where where uh, so time and place. There we go. <laughs> well, uh, Monroe's shop probably as we can start yeah. with that. I'll nod and just walk over to my car. That I'm borrowing from Merriweather. Okay. And uh, turn it on and head off towards my dynamite contact. (laughs) (laughs) I did get the the intake paper as well. Um, I imagine we should destroy that. Yeah. So. And yeah, we'll want to go talk to to the lawyer. So 
Well, hop in and we'll go do we'll go do that. Are there any other things that we're going to need to have prepared? Well, I think another shotgun would be nice. Um, Dr. Andrews, I thought you bought one, didn't you? Yeah. That's what I need to do. I need to upgrade my shotgun to a a semi-automatic or an automatic. (laughs) Well, I can go speak to Mr. Clark with the confession if you want to get some more weapons. Yeah, Yeah, just in case. 12-gauge shotgun. So, as I understood it last time with James Clark, because you were uncertain of if he was the target of these dark hunters, you were going to keep him stashed Um, somewhere, and you were going to give him the medical care as needed. Yeah. So, where did you guys leave him in McCracken's hotel room or move him somewhere else? Well, that's the last place I remember. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Just McCracken's, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, then you guys can travel off there first. Is that the plan? Do you guys need the key? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll toss them the key before I take off. Okay. Yeah, I think we're going to split up, right? Yeah, I'm going so to go get dynamite. You're getting dynamite. Uh, Whitmire, are you getting more shotguns? Uh, yeah, I could go get some shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> shotguns and dynamite. And you yeah. also need to, what is it, contact your consortium people is that was that one of the plans you were going to do uh we were going to try and contact them to figure out where andrews was mm. i don't think we'll need to do need that because we know now yeah. all right okay so whitmire's getting shotguns kraken's getting dynamite you two are going to see the lawyer that works Does that sound fair yep anyone need a ride if it's on the way um I don't know how far away are we. If it's not too far, then we can just walk or take a trolley. Yeah, I mean, you're never really, even on foot, 30 minutes away from anywhere. Yeah. So you guys can all split here. Okay. All right, let's, um, well, first off, this would be a group luck roll, but we have several different groups. So McCracken, your luck roll is going to have to stand in for you. However, in your case, you get a bonus die to it. Okay. So you want that now? Yes. Ooh, bonus. Ah, that's 65 versus 60. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, same with you, Whitmire, with your seven. Watch him get that. No. Nope. And then between the two of you, whoever has the worst luck. Well, mine's 28. Yeah, mine's better than that. Oh, you got it. All All right. So Dr. Andrews and Mr. Monroe head back to McCracken's hotel room where James Clark is resting still and uh, you can do your medicine roll to make sure everything's proceeding as it should, Dr. Andrews. Extreme success. Congratulations. And he uh, rouses while you're tending to him and he's like, you know, groggily, uh, how'd the meeting with the kid go? Oh, you don't want to know. It was, uh, <laughs> You're probably right. But we do have the confession. Yes. Unfortunately, he escaped, but we do have the confession. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Uh, can I see it or may I see it? Oh, yeah. I'll hand it over and John will say, yes, unfortunately, there was a disruption shortly after we managed to get the confession and he did escape. <laughs> well, that's not the best outcome, but I think I can still work with it. Uh, I will get it to the judge tomorrow and see if we can we can get this 
these charges dropped against young Mr. Murphy. Um, so we can actually check the outcome of that now. Let me pull it up here. Just can't remember if I shared this with you guys or not. So in your, you should have access to the stat roller yes. somewhere over there. Uh, I don't know which of the two of you wants to roll it or if you want to have one of the other players roll it. But if you open it up and go to the character sheet, it will have your evidence under additional skills. This is the percentile rate you guys are at currently. 61. Oh. <laughs> With everything you have gathered, uh, this includes Dr. Call and Dr. Andrews as acting as witnesses or expert witnesses and all the various evidence you guys have gathered to point to something else at 61%. Now, this role can be modified by luck. You can use luck from any of you guys. It can also be modified by your order standing skill with the Hermetic Order of the Silver Twilight for those who have it. So who do you appoint as your dice roller here? Well, my order standing sucks, but my luck is pretty decent. My order standing is a six, and my luck is a seven. I don't think it should be me. Well, you guys can all pitch in. It doesn't matter who rolls it. You can all throw luck at it or your order standing skill. Okay. So could we all roll our order standing and see if we get any bonuses? Um, is it just one person? It's more like you're spending it like luck. Oh, you're pulling okay. in. You're pulling strings, right? This would happen over the course of the few weeks that this is this would be occurring, right? Okay. You'd uh, you'd be like, well, Whitmire knows that judge at the order, so maybe he can do something this way, or yeah, I have seventeen orders standing. I'm willing to spend. So who wants to roll that? Uh... Looks like Whitmire went for it. Seventy-four over sixty-one, a failure. You need what? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, I'll spend my order standing. Okay. So um, that takes you down to one? Takes me down to four. Four. I'll, you know what? I'll pitch in five luck uh, so you don't have to drop all that. Okay. Takes me to nine. All right. So yeah, James Clark uh, tucks it into a folder he has by the bed he's laying in there. And, and he says, I think I give us, you know, better than a 50 50 shot on this one. Um, Back to 61%. 61% if you were to. <laughs> but I think we can do it, guys. Uh, it's a little premature for congratulations, but I'll make sure this gets off to the law office tomorrow and we will get the ball rolling on that. So what do you guys plan to do from that point, the two of you? Um, I guess we'd be going back to my museum to... Okay. Um, Dr. Andrews, if you wouldn't mind assisting me in preparing the sarcophagus for what we're about to do. Yeah. I'll uh but I gotta we'll stop by my place and grab my weapons. Okay. Of course. Okay, so let's bounce over to Whitmire who's gone to secure some shotguns. Now are you just going to buy them from a store or are you going to use your underworld connections uh that way, John? Well, I'm not sure uh there isn't a, uh, there's no like national database yet, right? No. Or, uh, firearms. Oh yeah, just buy them at the store, man. That's fine. Okay. All right, so it's while you're driving away from the store where you picked up two shotguns, is it? I'll figure yeah. that price out for you here in a moment. And uh, go ahead and make a spot hidden roll for me. Well, that's about 350 Oh, nice. 
So you notice that you have picked up a tail. It's a police vehicle, actually. But it's been on you for the last few turns. Okay. So uh, can I do a navigate to try and lose them? Not like speeding, but uh, maybe fast talk some with alleys. your car. Yeah. Yeah, no. So. Uh, pick a route that would be you could lose them in a few turns. Yeah, go ahead and give me your navigate roll. Mm-hmm. Another extreme mm-hmm. success. Congratulations. Yeah, so you shake the tail and uh, you drive off a little ways to make sure they're not on you anymore and you confirm that they're not before you head towards Monroe's museum. So, McCracken, Mm. same sort of thing. You have picked up your dynamite. You had worked it out with Ray Flanagan uh, as soon as the guys started talking about dynamite. So, you had it on the line and ready to go. You just weren't sure if you were going to need it. So you've you've met with him. Mm. On the way there, I want to do something. Yeah. Uh, The entire top part of like the pages he's been writing on and taking notes on, he's going to make a parcel out of those and put them in a mailbox. Okay, gotcha. For for Merriweather? Yeah, and the last one will be, uh, I don't know, something like uh, they are going to try to shut it all down <laughs> right. type of thing without actually saying that they're going to use Blow a bunch of dynamite. <laughs> and then he'll head to the dynamite uh, contact. Okay. So it's actually before you get to that, if you give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. Oh, uh, ooh. Nah, I'll let it go. <laughs> okay, so uh, you pull up to meet with Rafe Lanigan, and he's this is in Charlestown, and it's near the docks where he said he, they'd been storing it, and you can come pick it up at any time. And he's just there, you know, sleeping in a shed, half drunk, and he comes out smoking a cigarette, and uh, when he sees it's you, he's like, are you ready for the dynamite now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll not. <laughs> so he comes back with his lit cigarette, uh... he's dragging a crate behind him. Before he goes, I'll motion for a cigarette. Oh, okay, yeah, he hands you one. Oh, not thanks to him. Yeah, and uh, uh, he drags it around, or uh, with the two of you, you can carry it around to the back of your car, and you guys set it in there, and he stands there jawing at you for a little while, uh, a fellow Irishman, Mm -hmm. going on a mile a minute about this and that. Uh, But you do see, again, a patrol car. This is sitting outside the gated area surrounding this this, uh, dock, basically. So it's just been sitting there, and you can see a shape in it, Anyhow, what do you want to do? All right. Uh, I'll uh, check my watch, see, because uh, I think I got a meeting soon at Monroe's place. Yeah. So I'll kind of look at it, not really care what the time is, kind of tap it towards, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Flanagan. Flanagan, you know, like, and kind of shrug my shoulders. I got to go is what I'm miming at him. And then I'll <laughs> get in the car. I'll take my shotgun off and I'll sp- Put it under the uh, driver's seat. Okay. Uh, and then I'll start driving off towards uh, Monroe's. And okay. I'll try to keep an eye on this patrol car if it's following me or not. Yeah, it does. It gets out in the traffic once you get on the road uh, and it stays behind you. As you start making the necessary uh, navigation corrections to head to Monroe's, it stays on your tail. Mm-hmm. Man, the way I've been rolling, I wonder if I should try <laughs> losing it. I'll uh, I'll try to lose it. I'll try to wait for uh, 
a uh, like a trolley coming right, Dude, like, or a train. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's get a driving. <laughs> you push it. Okay, so well. this means you won't make make it past the trolley if you fail the push. Yeah. <sighs> Son of a you you damn dice. <laughs> Yes, always uh, push. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you were, yeah, you were just a, a hair away from being struck by that trolley, but it gives you a nice gap uh, where that car can't pursue you, that patrol car can't pursue you, and uh, you make off down some side roads and then back onto uh, where the the North Bridge crosses the Charles River there, or the Mystic River, and you head towards Monroe's, and it doesn't seem like that police officer gets back on your tail. And so it's just, you know, 15 to midnight when everybody returns to Monroe's. Oh, oh man, I don't want to leave him. Is there any sort of secluded parking spaces? Around his area? He yeah. is located in the in the center of Boston. but Back alley or something? Yeah, you could, yeah there's a back alley. All yeah. right. Yeah, I'll park in there because I don't want this car sitting out where a cop can spot it with all that dynamite in the trunk. Yeah, because he can take deliveries at his storeroom door. And what have you. So you can pack, uh, park back there. Okay. But I suppose you're the last to arrive. Yeah, I'll come in. Start writing on my notepad that I was uh, being followed by cops. So you got dynamite, you got shotguns, you're all there. And McCracken says that he was followed by cops for a little while. Picked up a tail at the harbor and damn near followed me all the way back. Was it... um? One of the, was it, what was his name? Logan? Logan Terry. Terry. Uh, you didn't get a good look at the guy. Yeah, I'll shrug. Because he was interested in what we were doing. You're there too, Whitmire. What was it? Did we lose John? He might just be forgetting to toggle the old button. No, I'm here. No, you're not, John. Toggle the button. <laughs> I'm here. Because I keep pushing the shift button instead of, I have it set to cap locks. Mm. Keep holding down shift though. Mm. <clears throat> All right, well, what could the police being after us mean? I, I, all right, I well, did just buy a <laughs> bunch of dynamite, and we've been poking our noses into it. Very true. Or, and you guys have been poking your noses into every rich person's business. Yeah, oh, it's, it's probably not a stretch to figure out why they're after us. I mean, at this point, I'm sure we upset some pretty powerful people. Um, should we... Set up a plan and kidnaps a couple of them and ask them. <laughs> I'll side eye uh, yeah. with my. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not really comfortable with serious. kidnapping. Well, when the alternative is that we're going to go blow up potentially three places, I mean, what's a little kidnapping, right? Well, one of them is an underground lizard folk. Habitat that I, I don't I've think got anyone the perfect in Boston idea to care. solve both of our problems. So we kidnap at least two of them, strap the dynamite to one each, and then send one through the sarcophagus, the other into the barn. Uh, one thing that I'd been considering, I don't know if, if any of you would also consider it, but we have found that we have some form of protection if we enter that location through the dream. Perhaps we could have one or two of us enter those tunnels through the dream while the others feed us the dynamite through the portal in the real world. <laughs> I'm not sure if that, if everything that's happening, I mean, there's nothing that indicates 
that something in the real world is going to show up in that dream and can affect each other as we need to experiment that a little bit more. Yes. Well, you get, you guys could do an idea roll. Hmm. I'm going to write what? an idea roll. It's your intelligence. It's a, a particular type of roll uh, that they call no. idea. <laughs> but I'm going to write. Uh, so I get a offload dynamite while you take a nap? Question mark. <laughs> It's just an intelligence roll? Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. What, John, give <laughs> us back the normal rolls. Okay, so... It was um, his five extreme success hey, I, in his spot. <laughs> I failed too. <laughs> so Monroe, the great theory crafter, now that uh, Mueller's gone on to greener pastures, you know that... Bloodier pastures. Bloody. <laughs> that Dr. Andrews does seem to have this ability to manipulate physical objects in the dream world and you're you're wondering why things appear from our world in the dream world what's the relationship there you know like could you set the dynamite in there and then have dr andrews move it in both places or what is happening when you move an object in the dream world what's happening to its physical counterpart is it moving yeah is it a one-way street you know you that's that's not you're not entirely sure about it but you did move the crowbar out of the truck on a visit and then the next, and then it was back where yeah. it was so at least you manipulating the dream was it you who did the crowbar or was it dr andrews i think he took the crowbar but it was prior times, to but, his uh yeah special hand special power manifesting so you know it had reverted back so okay. there's some sort of state that the dream is in but dr andrews does have this strange ability so maybe okay. your idea could work if it was Dr. Andrews moving things on the dream. Hmm. We could also experiment and see if one of us is in the dream in that location, if the others going through the portal can see them. And I guess we still haven't even tested if the sarcophagus works as a portal. Right. <laughs> That's true. So I, I suppose that would be the first thing we would need to do is set up the sarcophagus in a way that we can pass through it. Okay. So that's what we want to do first. Experiment number one. The sarcophagus. Yeah, make sure we can actually use it. Okay, yeah. so uh, you take off the coffee cup that Whitmire had put on there for his his own mental well-being. <laughs> uh, you remove the binding that the both of you had put on there to keep something from coming through it easily. And you open up the sarcophagus, which at this stage you don't see anything unusual about its internal space. Uh, you would have to go in there and fool around a little bit. Just one of you. I think Whitmire, if I remember right, you had seen the Aklo writing on the interior. Yeah. It was, I'm sorry, which role did you want? Uh, whoever's going to go in there and try to activate it needs to succeed at a power roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, I could try it. Brave Whitmire. <laughs> so... With a regular success, you're not sure. You're just really, you know, trying out different things, running your finger along the ACLO script. But some something seems to work in it. And it's not too dissimilar from when you try to manipulate things in the dream itself. So when you're trying to create objects, uh, it seems like it's, it uses the same pathways of thought. But the space changes and opens up a little bit, and you see a bulkhead door uh, suddenly appear behind you, and it that costs you uh, a magic point. 
So what is it what does it look like on the other side of this? If you open the bulkhead door? Yeah. So or is there like a, a port what do they call porthole or something in the door where I can see through it? No, it you'd have to open the door. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll open it and see see what I see. Okay. So the when you open it and and you open the bulkhead door out, it swings out. You see you're somewhere in the middle of that honey, honeycomb structure that you guys have seen a few times in the procession hall. So you're looking like around this room and the sensation of knowing that what should be on the other side of that sarcophagus is just more of Murrow's storeroom is worth one point of sanity loss. It's just automatic. Uh, it disturbs you, makes the hairs on the back of your neck rise, uh, makes your eyes water like you're looking at some optical illusion that is just on the verge of revealing itself, but it stays in that liminal state and uh, begins to give you a slight headache after a moment. But yes, it does appear to lead into the procession hall. All right. Uh, do I see anybody in there? Not at the moment. Okay, then I'll uh, go ahead and close the door and uh, come back out of the sarcophagus. And he reports back to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was waiting to see if he, if he needed more rolls or something to get back. Oh, no, no. You didn't yeah, go fully through, so yeah. Okay. What yeah, I'll, I'll say that, that there's uh, it, it does lead in there. Um, all right, there's like, another door beyond this. Describe the open. room that you saw. Well, it was the procession hall that we had been in. It was okay. uh, honeycombed with doors. Okay, all right. What did that look like to me when he poked his head through the... Uh, well, it ended up that he had to uh, close the your oh, okay. guys' end so, of it to get the other <laughs> one to activate in the during his experiment. So okay. you just didn't see anything. All right. So I'll, I'll explain that activation process as well. Okay. Yeah. So I'll shrug. You know, yeah. time to go get dynamite. What's going on? I'll I'll nod and I'll help him unload it. Um, although if we are going to test if we can see people that are dreaming there, then we'd need to set that up. Uh, perhaps Doctor Andrews, since you can manipulate matter there, maybe you would exist there more through the dream than a normal person. So maybe just grab one stick, let and him test it. What, what do you want me to uh, do with it? Oh, just, just to see if, if you're dreaming <laughs> and in that location, if we can see you there at all. Oh, okay. I'm going to go well, to sleep. Why, why don't we just throw this stuff in? As I, I'm not understanding why we're going through this whole process. Well, if we want to destroy their, their whole thing, it might take a little bit more setup than just, Throwing a bunch of dynamite into the cave and well, that's and why we should have abducted the police. <laughs> I, I, I fail to follow the logic I there. Mean, just if you say that because out loud, we set it up on him and, and then we kick him through the door sense. when we're done. I mean, it, but I mean, placing dynamite <laughs> in key structural locations and things like that. I'll oh. write on my pad if any of them know how to do that. Yeah, uh, that Not I was really. thinking just toss it in. I mean, was that mechanical? Maybe. No, they uh, you could uh, make your own uh, mm. demolition skill, but since none of you are 
uh, trained in that, you like, you wouldn't be able to take down a structure like they would demo a building. But I mean, you could certainly still do a lot of damage by placing it at different spots. Uh, You could probably lay down dynamite with a sufficient degree to collapse like an entryway between two places without a roll, that sort of thing. Okay. So if you're going to throw it at something, then I think that would rely on the throw skill to see where you landed. It would also potentially lose a lot of its uh, destructive power because yeah. usually they like dig a hole and put it in. All right. So, yeah, I'll uh, go out to the car and grab your crate. Why don't we, uh, why don't we activate the door on the other side, right? So get it in there, open it up. Well, then the person can't get. See, this is why you needed to abduct somebody. The person can't get back. I'll be shaking my head as I'm walking out the door <laughs> listening to Whitmire just talk about abducting someone. Not just someone, a police officer to well, somehow really convince like to them why to suicide fu- themselves, suicide no, no, bomb themselves. No convincing necessary. You just knock them out and then toss them in there. I mean, I'll also grab my shotgun again <laughs> when I get out to that car. Okay. So are we want me to go to sleep? Um, that was one of my theories was to have someone that was sleeping be on the other side to see if we could interact with them. With the ultimate, you said that because you're, you have a layer of protection when you're in the dream version. So if things do go wrong, you just wake up tired. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can try it. Assuming his theory is correct that Dr. Andrews will be able to move it. And what would you have me do? Um, just meet us in that chamber. Okay. All right. So experiment number two, can we see Dr. Andrews beyond the gate box door? Who is going through the gate box? Do you want to try it this time? (laughs) I'll go through it again. All right. I won't make you do a power roll again, but you will. Well, you got it. You, again, it's, uh, you lose a point of sanity and, a magic point, but you're on the other side of it. And uh, for you, Dr. Andrews, you can try to get to that spot when you go to sleep with an extreme power roll to go directly, like try to envision the procession hall. Okay. But otherwise you wake up outside of the mound and you'll have to travel there. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, you got it. Nice. Yeah, so you, as you go to sleep, you drift off there. You just fix that area in your mind. It's uh, how could you really forget it? It was a world underneath our own, you know, one that you weren't aware of until recently. Mm-hmm. But when you come to, you are in the procession hall, which lies quiet at the moment. Okay. And Whitmire is there now. Whitmire, you actually you don't see. Well, you guys don't you don't see each other. But you're both there. You're not even certain if you're there at the same time. Okay. Well, I don't know that I would see him, but maybe I think he's supposed to see me, maybe. I'm not sure how this is supposed to work. Well, I don't. Right? I don't see him. Okay. And, um, like, can I go to the door that they're using? Yeah. And open it and see if I see them out there. Yeah, you, uh, well... 
I'm just wondering if you'd be able to pinpoint the right door. We'll say that Whitmire gave you a rough idea where it was in the bank of these doors. So you go to the one that you think that they would be out of, which is closed. And uh, you spin the wheel, open it up, and you see that sarcophagus shape opening when you go into it. And give me a power roll again. And you're able to manipulate it so that you open the sarcophagus outward. And you just see the empty storeroom of Monroe's museum, but you don't see Monroe or McCraken there. Okay. Or any indication of, you know, like if somebody had a tea in their hand, you don't see it like floating in the air or anything like that. Yeah. There's just, okay. I guess you could give me, <laughs> let's do a spot hidden. Hard success. Okay. So with that hard success, you notice that certain recently, you know, Items that were recently brought in and set down don't seem to be appearing on that dream. So, like, before you fell asleep, you saw uh, McCracken come in with that box of dynamite and a couple of, sh or his shotgun. And he set the box down, and the box doesn't seem to be there yet, anyways. Okay. But do I see stuff that's been there longer? Yeah, like, the various items on his storeroom shelves are all there. Okay. All right, so I wonder if it's that I'm seeing earlier in time or if it just takes a while for it to imprint on the dream world. I'm not sure. Anyway, I mean, this was what the experiment was about, right? right. Like, I don't yeah. see them and they don't seem to see me, so I guess yeah. I'll just, like, wake <clears throat> up. Yeah, I suppose we would have probably set some sort of a time. Yeah, yeah. So... They wake you up after a little while, and you come out of the dream, report what you saw. So it seems that wherever the gate box, you guys could reasonably draw the conclusion that the gate box is leading to the, this physical place, not some dream construction of it. Okay. That it's actually going to where this actual subterranean place is. And that's where the dynamite needs to go. Yeah. So let's put it in a backpack and we'll go in together, guns blazing. We'll find the big frog, surround him with dynamite, and set it off. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere near that big frog. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Does uh, this gate have any sort of like static electricity element to it? Is it safe for dynamite to pass through? Oh, okay. I guess is what I'll write and underline. <laughs> oh, no. We don't know. Yeah, probably. I'd say we're good. I'm a doctor. <laughs> this dynamite's stable. I'll write, so the other place is the barn. <laughs> right that i don't gotta go there in the dream or through a door or anything so <laughs> well that's the, yes though if we <laughs> if we blow this place up correctly then we may not need to go to the barn but you're not sure if right the dynamite <laughs> yes we got half a plan and a full box of dynamite so whitmire is going to test this too all a <laughs> question mark <laughs> so what's the next experiment Monroe, I guess you're the idea, man. The next experiment is to try taking a stick of dynamite through. Okay. Uh, was Whitmire going to remain the guinea pig? If he's okay with that. Uh, Whitmire? I could do that. So they give you a, or they begin to break open the box to get you a stick of dynamite, but you pull that one you've been carrying since Peru out, and you're like, I got my own. And uh, <laughs> is it sweating? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I've just been waiting for the fumbles. No, I'm, you don't have to be carrying that stick of dynamite. I was just nope. making and a now joke. Now it's happened. 
All right. Yeah. So, uh, so you go through, um, let's just check your power for a fumble, but you hit that extreme success yet again. Quit it, uh, man. Quit it. <laughs> one magic point, one sanity. You go through the portal and you open the door. Now, the problem is it's up in the middle of this bank of doors and you know they had like a, a, a ladder that moved laterally across the face of this and you weren't sure how it was moved once you get up there. But if you give me a mechanical repair roll or a hard education roll, well, hard success how with the mechanical... How hard <laughs> mechanical that, repair roll? That works. Yeah, you, you see there is some actual just mundane mechanism that causes the ladder to move of its own accord. They have these uh, these levers alongside the doors, in between the doors that you can move. And so the ladder moves towards you and you can descend it if you like. So far, the dynamite is still in your hand. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll descend it. Okay. It stays there once you reach the ground floor. But um, it's quite a something else entirely to be here by yourself and if Monroe's right then physically because you know just at the end of that procession hall between the columns in that dark space is an old being you know I'll keep an eye on it on that direction um you, you know if he had the dynamite on him already we already answered the question that oh right <laughs> that he didn't need to go hole. back through yeah true well maybe he put his jacket aside when he went through the first time yeah that's what we'll say okay <laughs> sorry john go As for it i'm wondering though i mean if we want to try and get it there maybe we can like group up uh a few of these and uh light them and throw them i mean that's about as close as i'm willing to get to that thing again so this is after whitmire comes back so experiment three the dynamite does travel through the gate box okay um well, how do we want to set up the dynamite? Should we just try and set it up along the wall that has all these portals in it and hope that it brings down the cavern? Or do we want to take it further in and and try and blow up something that we know is significant? Either take it down to where those hominids were and try and blow up that cavern or... The birthing chamber? Yeah, the birthing chambers or... I don't know by what I mean, process they're making these gates, but if we could destroy all of the gates, that should definitely help uh, limit their ability to travel. Yeah, I think that's more of a setback. Um, what I'm wondering is, I mean, it's it's got to have the that barn has got to have something to do with with the uh, place with the hominids. Yeah, and there was I was. Well, you did catch that Dr. Andrews described in his journey here that, you know, there were many of these dark hunters, but they seemed to be interested in the structure itself rather than the revelry that was going on. I don't know. Yeah. Is it possible they were doing something with the entire structure? Well, gentlemen, what Well, do you think? I'd say let's start our plan here, as we should definitely do, do this and then, because at least it's... It's one part is if they can't travel back in, at least through this area, then. Well, let's do it this way. Um, let's give you guys like four bundles of dynamite that you sh you're reasonably sure if you set up in a place, you're going to do some serious damage to it. And then so that's kind of the limit you uh, you are working with. Does uh, did uh, a 
debt or debt cord and a plunger come with any of this? If you want it to to do it that way, but you could also just have uh, like a fuse fuse lit. I think a fuse would be almost our only way to get back through the portal in time. Not if you have enough debt cord and the detonators on the other side of the gate. (laughs) That would require another experiment to make sure that we could send the one in there and out here at the same time. Yeah, we, I suppose we could try that experiment, take some fuse, line it through, and see if yeah. if, if we send it th- if we send a signal through or well, yeah. you do know that from experiment one, in order to activate this gate box, he had to close mm. the sarcophagus. Yeah, yeah. The so you're not sure if the debt cord will make it through any the, gaps. The best scenario here is detonate. Hopefully, close that bulkhead door in time. And maybe that protects you. Yeah, that's about our only hope of people surviving, which kind of leads to the idea of having a, a fuse that would uh, that we could light and have it set off the explosion once we are in the portal. Well, you can have it either way, uh, either with the plunger or you can use a fuse, which gives you the- time. Yeah, the fuse would be somewhere. the best option in this case. Because yeah. light it, as soon as it's clear of the door, you close it, and then should be able to get back through the sarcophagus and even close that. Yeah, although it, it that does also lend the possibility that something could stop the fuse. What's one of those? Like, If you've got a bunch of places that you want going up, you're not going to be able to light them all at different times. Yeah. You're going to need a detonator. Yeah. And the detonator would send its little signal out and hit them off all about the same time. And you can close the door. I mean, you guys do know that the gate box is not the only exit from that subterranean space. Yeah, that was the other thought I had is have someone actually go there and be in the radio tower to send the explosion and then exit the radio tower and make their way back to Boston (laughs) the long way. So, are you volunteering for this? Because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'll volunteer for it. Because I don't want to get stuck in that world. I don't, we don't even know where that is. We're assuming, well, yeah, kind of assuming that it's in the United States, Southwest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you had pinpointed it to eastern Oklahoma. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll I'll volunteer to, to man the plunger. <laughs> okay, so... What is what's to be your guys's target when you go in there? I said you could do four with reasonable assurance that you would probably destroy whatever it is that you're aiming at. But if you wanted to spread it out more, then it becomes a matter of skill or skillful placement and and luck, perhaps. Um, and also the fact we're leaving a big old trail of dead corn. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking of that structure like it's got that refrigerator section with all the bodies in it that's not too far from those portals if we had set bundles at both those two places i'm just going to write on my notepad that i don't know this place so i'll go to whichever's closest and easiest to get to and back from yeah but yeah those two places are the ones that i i can think of what the body freezer and the yeah thing chamber yeah well no where they have the skin suits and then where they have the the portals well, those two sections. Okay. So if you remember the layout, the there was a upper level on yeah. one side of the procession hall that led on to that. So if you were to do that, you'd set up 
say where those pods are through the cold storage room, then the procession hall, and then whoever hits the plunger would probably go up towards the installation. Yeah. So is that what you guys want to do? That's kind of what I'm thinking if you guys are okay with it too. Okay. So who's all going in to prepare the detonation? I guess we only really need one or two of us. Yeah, I can so, go. And yeah, I'll that. definitely go, and I suppose Whitmire well go with me. I mean, I'll go too because the place is occupied. Yeah, so you might get yeah. into trouble. I suppose have Mister McCracken and Mister Andrews and Doctor Andrews with us to kind of watch our backs as we set things up. So, yeah, I guess we're all going through once, and if we can. All right, so you guys get the sarcophagus open. You get laden down with dynamite and. Uh, detonation cord and your all your gear and you pass through uh, we'll have no problem with going through the gate box just all deduct, deduct one sanity one magic point uh, for the unsettling process of traveling through and we will close the session today on the scene of the four of you in this procession hall preparing to cause damage uh, thanks for playing, guys. Pick thanks, it up man. next time. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much. Uh, on a push, do you still get to do the uh, skill check? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations, John. Nah. A little more luck coming my way. <laughs> Congratulations, Finn. This has been a Death Watch production. Thank you for listening. Thank <music> you.